I'm Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. Okie dokies. This week we are talking about the 14th episode of the third season called The Ho 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 Job. Beth, what did you think? This episode's just a little bit silly. It's just a little bit of fun. I almost feel like it. It it's kind of like canon adjacent. Yeah. Like, you know how you have episodes sometimes of shows where, like, they're just sort of, like, bonus? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how this episode feels. Not in a bad way at all. Like, it's not a criticism. I just think that it feels, like, separate to It feels the almost, like, of kind of fan fiction-y. Like, yeah. And, like, I mean, it's a Christmas episode. And mm. oftentimes that kind of, like, episode typically is, like, some sort of holiday special. Yeah. You know? It's... It doesn't it doesn't mesh into canon the same way as a regular episode of Christmas episode. No. Like, no. Well, don't get me wrong, I do I do really enjoy this episode. I think it's very like It's very fun. It's very fun. It's it's not great. Like mm. I wanna I wanna be clear <laughs> here. Like I love leverage. I do. And I think this is a very fun episode to watch and like think about that, but it's also like it's it's not as good as the rest of Leverage, personally. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, they were doing something, and I do love what they did. They really committed to the bit of, like, they were like, this is this this is a Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. Therefore, Parker is going to refuse to accept the fact that Santa's not real. She's also going to wear an elf costume for 90% of the episode. We're going to make Elliot Santa Claus, and we're also going to call the main villain dude that's not Chaos, Eben, so they can make their <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge joke. Scrooge joke. <laughs> Which we also have chaos in this episode, who constantly refers to himself as the Grinch who stole Christmas. It's it's a lot. Yeah, I think that like it. Do you know what it does feel like? You're right. It does feel like fan fiction. It feels like crack fan fiction. Yeah. And like what I mean by that is, it's a lot of fun character dynamics. Yeah. It's a very like outrageous kind of scenario plot. We have a cameo from a fan favorite, like you know, guest star kind yeah. of thing. Because like, as much as I don't like chaos, like it's Will Wheaton. Yeah, you know, like we love Will Wheaton. We just hate chaos. But the fact that we hate chaos is a testament to how good Will Wheaton is. Exactly. You know, we have this thing. You know, there's a lot of comedy in this episode. It feels like crack fiction. There's like zero actual plot. Yeah. Like the plot is so insignificant, but that's kind of the point. Like yeah. that's what makes it like we're just crappy. vibing over here. Like we're, it's yeah. just Christmas vibes. And I think like what was this episode 11 14 oh great i think supernatural so this was episode 14 so well we've got like yeah. two episodes left of the yeah. season so next week and the week after are the two-part season finale yeah so exactly so this is that yeah. last little bit of levity before they're like okay shit's actually gonna hit the fan yeah. now and so i kind of get that however i do have a couple of key questions and i'm hoping you can help me figure oh, go, them out. go for it yeah okay so we're closed for the holidays. <laughs> now we've talked before about mm. how Leverage has this like fun mentality of like they work only nine to five, Monday to Friday. Yeah. Like they don't work weekends, they don't do it's overtime. Like yeah. yeah, right. And occasionally they'll go away on like a business trip, but then they still get their weekends off, obviously. Yeah. But like, like the thing that shocks me about this is that at some point in the episode, I think, oh, when Parker is telling Nate that there's a client Mm. and he's like no Parker we agreed we were gonna take some space from each other and not spend the holidays together and I was like what kind of found family doesn't spend fucking Christmas what are you talking about I was like who else the fuck are you gonna spend Christmas with Nate Sterling your dad like (laughs) what like who are they spending Christmas with if not each other? That made zero sense to me. And then at the end of the episode, it was so cute. It was my favorite. The last, like, five minutes of this yeah. episode are my favorite five minutes of the episode. But, like, I was just so confused. I was like, what do you mean you're spending time apart? What do you mean you're taking... What? 
what do you mean? I, I just couldn't believe it because I was just like, I understand them taking the, you know, the couple of days off around the holidays, you know, everyone needs a break. Yeah. But it just baffled me that they were like, yeah, we're going to take this time to like not see each other. Which, like, let's face it, that was never going to actually happen. No. It's something that they're telling themselves to, like, oh, yeah, no, this is not my new family. Like, he's in denial still. Wild to me. Yeah. Absolutely batshit crazy to me. I'm like, also, I really hope that at some point they convinced Elliot to let them take a photo, like a Santa family photo, like Parker's sitting on his knee, Hardison's on the, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I really want that. I just think that's so funny. It could hang up right next to old Nate, you know, like. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Ellie would have necessarily let them do that, um, given his attitude towards literally everything else. Okay. This brings me to another question I have. I feel like Elliot not committing to the bit of being Sansa with his whole heart is actually kind of OOC. It's the only time we ever see Elliot in a role where he's, like, not actually putting his whole, like, everything into it. Right? I'm like, babe, what are you doing? And also, Elliot is so, like, usually, like, aware of, like, children and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, my dude, why are you ruining Christmas? Like, why is this the one time you're not putting your whole pussy into your acting? Like, what is going on? You fully catered a wedding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you won't have a kid sit on your knee and be like, good job behaving this year, Timmy. Like, what baffled me? Uh, no, no comment. <laughs> you you clearly have an opinion. And, yeah, it is it is the one and only time I think we ever see him not... Like, fully commit to Not the... fully commit to, like, everything involving... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do kind of wish we'd got to see him stab someone with a candy cane. I mm. feel like that would have been fun. Though we do get the fun dichotomy of Parker absolutely living for her job as an elf. Oh my god, yeah. And him fucking hating it. (laughs) Parker this episode, actually there was a lot of Parker content. Mm -hmm. Like a lot. It was, it's not a Parker episode, but it almost felt like heavy-handed Parker. Yeah. Like we get a lot. Yeah. I don't know if it's just- See, that's my Christmas gift. (laughs) (laughs) So much Parker content. And I, I- Look, there are there are many moments of this episode that I just I really adore Parker. So there's lots of moments of Parker in this episode that I just fucking love with my entire heart. But I I do just love when after getting called out for putting millions of dollars worth of fucking diamonds on a Christmas tree, she just goes in all like completely deadpan seriousness, "Happy birthday, Jesus." <laughs> I know. Because that kills me every goddamn time. It's so funny. Like the sincerity and the like energy, the enthusiasm, the giant grin. I'm like, yeah, happy birthday, Jesus. The fact that she has her own entrance music as she walks in, like iconic. That entire scene. The whole gingerbread house, I like I'm confused about the gingerbread house, but I'm also willing to let it go on the fate, like, based on the fact that this is essentially crackfic. Yeah. But it was just like so bizarre. Like, I'm like, where were you keeping that? She just whips it out. <laughs> Crazy. It's Parker. And she's also wearing the bloody fuzzy halo. Oh which my god. She loves headwear this episode. I don't think, like, this entire episode, she's either wearing, like, she has the little, like, reindeer ears that she wears, or she's got the elf hat, or she's got this little, like, angel halo which thing. Which is so me. fucking cast coded for obvious reasons. <laughs> All I can think, though, is, like, like, like father, like, daughter, because, like, she's finally inheriting her stupid hats from Nate. Oh, my God, you're so right. 
who doesn't have a stupid hat this episode, but does have a stupid accent. He does. He does have a very stupid accent this episode. It also it always made me nostalgic, honestly. Like, I was like, aw, Nate's silly accent. What a little Christmas gift. Oh, also, the point when Nate says sorry, like, unironically, and Parker's like, wow, Christmas Eve really is magic. magic. I was like, damn, Parker. <laughs> Fucking savage. Savage him. Uh, um, I want to talk about something that just confuses the shit out of me. Absolutely. It's the scene where you have Elliot hitting on the receptionist. Oh my god, yes. With the gifts. Yes. And the entire scene, I'm a bit like, ew. Eh, why was this necessary? Why? Like, I understand what they're trying to do here, but I don't think it really works. Yeah. The thing that confuses me most about that scene, though. Ooh, ooh. Oh my god, I have a thing that really confuses me about this scene. Okay. I'm so excited. Do you want to say it at the same, t- same time? This will never work. Oh. <laughs> you want to do it anyway? <laughs> It could be the magic of fake Christmas. Okay. Like, fine. I know that it's literally March. <laughs> okay, fine. Yep. Okay. We're just going to say it on three. I, I was assuming so. I'm assuming you're counting down. Okay. Wait, counting down, like, three, two, one? Or counting up? I don't know. Right. You, you're the one who wanted to do this. Okay. I will count down, three, two, one, and then one, and then we both say it. Okay. Right? Okay. Three, two, one. The Why lingerie. would they send him lingerie? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He he starts out the conversation with her, and she's like, oh, are these for Dooley? And he's like, oh, that, that's if his name is Ashley. And then we're like, okay, so maybe these gifts are for actually the receptionist and somebody's, like, sending her gifts. Yeah, or okay. Ashley is also, like, a gender-neutral name. Yeah. Like, it could be either of them. It's not. His name's Evan. Oh, We right. fucking get his first name. We know it's not Ashley. I literally never know what the name of the villain is. I promise you, every single week you say the name of the villain, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know who that is. And also... She goes, oh, that's me, is the yeah. other way to know that it's her. So they say it's for Ashley, but then the rest of the scene plays out like they're actually for Mr. Dooley. Yeah. But then if the rest of the scene's playing out like it's for Mr. Dooley, who the fuck is sending him lingerie? That literally was my exact question. Like, I'm like, okay, like lingerie, honestly, like let's, for a gender neutral moment, anyone can wear lingerie, feel great, look great. Okay, love that for him. But who is sending it to him? Especially the business. Especially considering <laughs> the first gifts is literally just chocolate. Yeah. Okay, fine. Totally normal Standard. gift. Yeah, you don't know what to get someone, get them like a box of chocolate. But you also have to assume that these are like, like I work in an office and yeah, I'm know, assuming these are business, like people that we deal with through the year. Yeah. You know, we'll send in like a hmm. Christmas cards and like sometimes like he rents them all. So I'm assuming like the companies that rent space of him might yeah. send him like a Christmas gift or like, you know, the suppliers who like work with him, like or the electricians or the networking, advertising. They're the sort of like, so it just, it, like, who is sending him lingerie out of that list? Or are they actually for Ashley the receptionist? Which is weird. <laughs> like, which is why would she be opening her own gifts at reception with the postie? I, like, <laughs> it makes literally no sense at all whatsoever. And also, he's just kind of creepy in that, that scene. Yeah, look, we don't like, love Elliot being a predator. Uh, yeah, it, I don't know, just something about it gave me, like, creepy vibes. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the writing. I don't know if it's the acting. But just something about it. I was like, mm, did, we, did we really have to go here with this scene? Mm, I just don't understand. Like, there were a million ways he could have distracted the receptionist. Yeah. Like, there were plenty of valid reasons to why get not, her attention. Why not bring back a reference to the first episode and have him go in as, like, tech support again? Yeah. Like, like oh, I, I heard you're having issues with your, like, internal email or whatever. Yeah. Like, but no, he's like, I bet it's lingerie. It's, 
To be fair, if she did unwrap her boss's professional gift and it was lingerie, that would, well, it'd be a story. <laughs> it, yeah. Like, and because and also the other, he could have literally said it, I, it feels like literally anything. Yeah. Like, they could have just been like, do you want to, like, take bets on, like, what it is? Yeah. Like, oh, I, like, shake it. Like, oh, I reckon it's a book. And, like, I get that that doesn't have, like, the same intended comedic effect, but also it just, it, it wasn't funny. It was just fucking weird. Like, why is it lingerie? Like, like, why couldn't you have said, oh, I think these are, like, the expensive chocolates? Or, oh, I think it might be a bottle of wine. Mm. Or wine th- would have been a good one. That's still flirty. Like, alcohol is still, like, you can make it flirtatious. Don't yeah. drink at me. What are you doing? <laughs> but, yeah, like, it's you can still make it flirtatious. Or, like, it could have been, like, oh, you know, XYZ food. Like, I, you know, I heard that's an aphrodisiac. Like, mm. you could have had that. And it's, like, it's still weird and kind of creepy, but at least it makes sense. It's just, I just have no answer. <laughs> Are the gifts for Ashley or for Mr. Dooley? Because we don't get clarity around either of that. And if they... Ah, for Mr. Dooley. Why the fuck would you say Who I think it might Who's sending him laundry? Why is that your guess? Do like, the bras and things? Like, and they're like... <laughs> why, why couldn't it be, like, oh, I think that's, like, a gift vouch- gift basket? Like... Yeah. Like, oh, I think it's a gift basket. Like, I think it's wine. I think it's chocolates. I think like, it's flowers. Oh, I, think it's- I think I saw a basket of mini muffins around here somewhere. Like, you know, anything. It's just fucking weird. Mm-hmm. We've spent way too much time on it. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. Oh, okay. While we're kind of around the area of the shopping center, I yeah. just want to make a quick note, which may be specifically to Australian for a lot of our listeners, but honestly, you can Google it. All of the internal shopping center shots mm-hmm. gave me such fucking fountain gate shopping center energy. And if you don't know what that is, it is the shopping center that is featured heavily in Kath and Kim. And I don't know what about it. Like, I don't know if it's just like the angle of the shots or something about the interior design or the escalators or what, but it just gave me such Kath and Kim fountain gate shopping center energy. Every single time we had an establishing shot, I was like, oh my God. And I'm, like, looking for Kath and Kim or Kel or literally anyone from the show. It was wild. I have no opinion on that. So That's fair. I am going to move on to one of my favourite parts of this episode. When they pull the Edward Albee. Because Sophie, Sophie and Nate fuck. <laughs> Sophie and Nate fake drunk arguing. Uh-huh. Iconic. The whole thing about, like, you know who else lives in a red brick building? My sister. <laughs> and then they walk out. It's like, my sister's not even that cute. Like, I know. It's they're... so funny. I honestly still would like a coffee table book of all of the yeah. different, like, leverage cons mm-hmm. and, like, explanations and stuff. I just think it would be very fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know the legalities of selling it, like, because it's literally, like, criminal cons. Like, yeah. a, like a house to do, like, list. Like a wiki how, but for for the leverage cons. But I do think it would be very entertaining to have. I Look, one day I'll write it. One day I'll go through every episode of Leverage, pick out every con they name and even some that they don't, and I will... You'll write wiki hows? I I will write the book, and then I'll ask Naomi really nicely to illustrate it for me. She would too. (laughs) Maybe my next creative project, after we finish this podcast. Mm, You'll have to put your Leverage chaos brain into something. Yeah. Well, at the moment, it's all going towards writing Destiel fan fiction. That makes my friends sad. So, <laughs> And don't get me wrong, I do love that. <laughs> if you haven't read Jamie's fic, you should check it out. We'll it is supernatural, though. So, we'll, uh, The listener Venn diagram is a circle. We'll pop the link in the description. <laughs> I have another question for you. Okay, yeah. 
How do you make appearances as Santa all year round? What is the market for that? Because I have an answer, but I'm not sure. Well, I I don't know what the culture in the US is like. That's, that's valid. That's because it's like in Australia, Christmas is like Christmas appears in what? Normally this start of November? Yeah. Ish? Maybe end of October, start of November? Yeah, that's when the people start, like, that's when they start advertising the Christmas yeah. sales and they, for some reason, hang up snowflakes, even though it's 40 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. So we, Christmas, you hear nothing about Christmas all year. And then at end of October, start of November, Christmas. Yeah. Everywhere. And we don't really do Halloween here, so we don't have, like, no, a... there's no barrier. Like, no. they can And we just don't have Thanksgiving, so... So, and then basically you see Christmas all the way through till about mid-January when everything gets swapped out with Easter stuff. Yeah, immediately. So I don't know, but I do know in America there are some things that are like Christmas villages that like operate year round. Interesting. Like I've heard of them. I don't know if they're a big thing, but like I have heard of them. So this is just a cultural difference thing. I I think so, yeah. Okay, because the only answer that I had was that maybe he was for bachelor slash bachelorette parties. <laughs> that is not at all the vibe I got because I feel That's like the only thing I could think I was like, what else would you need? I, I feel a like Santa for at any time that wasn't like mid November to December. The thing that directly contradicts that is the fact that he says, um, like he can't get his year round work anymore because he got caught with booze. Like I feel like if you were hiring a Santa for a bachelor or a bachelorette party, I, you wouldn't give a shit if the Santa was caught with booze or not. Like maybe, but I guess there's not gonna be like he's not being arrested for it if he's doing like do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like because the footage was him being like arrested for being drunk while also being around children. Like that's more of a problem. But I don't know. I just, I literally could not think of a single fucking thing that he could be hired to do as Santa. In like, and like unless it's Christmas in July, but even yeah. then, that's July, it's a single it's month. It's a month, yeah. Like, I don't know how this could be someone's entire career. Like, I get it for non-specific, like, if you're a Disney princess professionally. Yeah. That makes sense. Because kids have birthday parties all year round. Disney's open all year round. Like, all these things. Yeah. But Santa's very specific. That's like having your entire career being, being the Easter Bunny. I could do it. <laughs> like, it'd be great. You spend literally 11 months of the year doing nothing. Yeah. But, but like... <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I don't know about enough about America to know what the market is for... For year-round Santa Claus impersonators. Yeah. I say impersonators if he's a real person. <laughs> Absolutely. Did you learn nothing from Parker this episode? You're so right. I do love, however, though, that Nate is like to Parker, like, you know that's not Santa Claus, right? And she's like, well, duh. And you're like thinking, oh yeah, she's gonna say, oh, of course, like Santa's not real. But no, her answer is no. Santa lives in the North Pole, so that can't be the real Santa. Yeah, Parker's energy this whole episode actually, like I think when she and Hardison are like going down the elevator shaft, I assume, yeah. and she's like, you can't complain. You know how many chimneys Santa has to go down tonight? And I was like, none, baby, it doesn't exist. Oh, spoiler alert for anyone who wasn't aware that Santa's not real. Oh yeah, rip. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry if we've just stolen your Christmas joy. I just, like, I don't know. But while we are talking very briefly about that elevator scene, I do love her, like, little goofy voice she puts on when she goes, like, four, four. Oh, my God, yeah. So She's cute. so cute. I it's love so her. It's so cute. Oh, okay. Here's another thing. Mm-hmm. A couple of times in the episode, we get reference to, like, snow and it being chilly and this kind of stuff. And we get a line from Parker. Actually, at the, my first note of this episode, would you like to know what it is? I'd love to know what it's it is. It's just climate change, babes. Like, <laughs> because they're all like, oh, it's, like, going to be warm, like, unseasonably warm. And I'm like, yep, probably more so now than it was when this was filmed. But 
My point is that Parker says it's not Christmas without snow. And I'm like, to you, maybe. For me, it's not Christmas without being sunburned. So it's not about the weather. It's about the spirit. Though she does just do something that I love, which is turn to Hardison completely serious and is like, make it happen. Like Hardison controls the weather. Yeah, I I love that for her. I love that she believes in him. I don't love that for him because it's an impossible (laughs) task that she's set. Although, okay, hear me out. Hear me out. What if Hardison just set up fake snow machines above the door of the... Do you know what I mean? Oh my god, that would be literally so cute. Right? And then he, like, sets them off and, like... Because he's, like, watching her when she's, like, out in the snow and I think it's very sweet. Like, I, that's my headcanon, I think. It's a crack fic episode, so I can say whatever I want. Yeah. I reckon Hardison had fake snow machines installed, like, mm-hmm. the next level up. It's his building, so... He can do whatever he wants. He could absolutely organise it. The landlord it. has full access to make upgrades and renovations as needed. That's a little creepy. Yeah, that's literally what he says in the first episode of the second season when he tells oh. Nate he bought the building. Because Nate's like, why are you in my apartment? And he's like, your landlord. And Nate's like, why the fuck are you reading my lease? She's like, I'm the landlord. <laughs> but yes, no, I think that he 100% orchestrated that so that Parker could have snow. I do want to talk about, simultaneously, my, my favourite and my least favourite thing about this episode. We get chaos back. And now, I love chaos, but I also hate him because he's a douchebag. He's very entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. And some of his lines this episode are, there are lines. <laughs> there, there is the, my, the weirdest, I have mixed emotions about chaos in this episode. He just, he's there. He sure is. He, he's, he's there. And he has this thing where the entire episode, he's t- referring to himself as the Grinch who stole Christmas. Oh my god, I know. He thinks he's so fucking clever, I swear to god. Like, mm-hmm. bro, be original, why why don't you? And then he has the line, oh yeah, I wrecked that van. Oh my god, we haven't even mentioned Lucille! 2.0. Yeah, sorry, I kind of gaslit you a little bit about you that don't... one previously. You were like, oh, don't tell me we lose Lucille again. I'm like, yeah, no, no, we don't, it's fine. Absolutely no losing Lucille here, like, I Lucille's fine. I only just got her. R.I.P. Lucille. R.I.P. Lucille too. Also, I'm sad because Hartley, not only did he ruin Lucille too, but he ruined Lucille too by zapping her with a thing he stole from inside Lucille too mm-hmm. that Hardison made. And that's just sad. Also, did they get that back? I don't think so. I, I think- hope so. I assume they would have just taken it from wherever yeah. he left his stuff, but like... I think Chaos took that one with him. So they might they might get got a, arrested. Yeah, they might get it back if they managed to like, you know, track down where Chaos had been working out of sort of thing. Like mm. so that they probably did get it back, but like we don't see it on screen. We don't have confirmation. Yeah. And I don't know if we have ever get any like I don't know if we ever see it again. So they may have, they may not have. Maybe he just like threw it somewhere. Yeah. Also, oh, I just imagine like some like random person just finding it on the street, like a child finding it and just like playing with it. That could be so bad. Yeah. Um. I also want to make a quick note that I hate chaos hitting on Parker because it's gross. Yeah, it just, it's so pervy. It's like... Do you know what though? I will give him props because his Elliot impersonation is actually spot on. His Elliot impersonation is so fucking funny. It's hilarious. I love the, like he says it and then he, he tacks on like the y'all afterwards and then he goes... Damn it, Hardison. Which. Iconic. And also so accurate. It just, chaos is obviously a chaos gremlin. Yeah. And like, he's a dickhead. Oh, yeah. But also like, I kind of like 
like it. Like, I, I think it's very entertaining to watch him. Yeah. It's fun to love to hate him. Yeah, I was just going to say the exact same thing. He's one of those villainous characters where it's like, you're a dick, but, like, you're an entertaining dick, so I have more patience for you. Like, I have a little bit more tolerance. Zacky boy vibes. Yes, literally. Just like Zacky boy. Look, the other thing that gets me about this episode that I always forget, and then I watch it, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, that. Santa is named Frank, which... I don't know why, but that just throws me off every time. I'm like, no, no, no human being is actually named Frank. It, it kind of feels like when, you know, when, I don't know if this was just like my childhood experience, but you know how like when you're a kid, anything you go to name, for some reason you just name it Bob? Well, I mean, to be fair, in the future job, Nate's fictional pet gecko is named Frank. I love that. I love that. I So that's the last Frank we got on Leverage, but I don't know what it is about like, I, I, like, when I meet a character named Frank, I'm like, this just seems wrong. Like, it just... Like, wait, hang on a minute. I just had a brainwave. Sorry. Sorry. I think... Oh, my God. Okay, I just realized we get a character in Supernatural who's not only named Frank, but his name is Frank Devereaux. <laughs> just remembered. I was like, wait. Actually, I'm I think I already sure. knew that because when we did the, like, what do you know about Leverage episode... I'm pretty oh sure I said God, Sophie yeah. Devereaux, and you're like, well, we have a Frank Devereaux. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Connecting supernatural to leverage. Mm. Out of again. Oh, okay, speaking of Sophie, I have two notes about Sophie this episode. Actually, three. Mm. One, she looks incredible, as always, but that freaking suit that she's in, beautiful. Incredible. The driver costume is... Oh, love it. Love it. She looks great. Second of all, she fully triggers that guy's seatbelt to release and then crashes deliberately. Yeah. Buck wild take. Oh my god. I would argue though that it's still better than what they've done with previous marks, which is just give him a whole bunch of amphetamines. Oh yeah. So it actually does heavily drug him with morphine as well. To be fair though, in the hospital those things are typically like they're regulated. Like you can only do so much in terms of morphine. Like it automatically times it so that you can't O D. Yeah. Yeah. But Point number three, she gives Nate what I assume is her real name. Like, I have to assume that's what she writes down, right? But does the audience never get it? No comment. I'm not. Look, there is more things to come with Sophie's name. So I am not I am not commenting because I don't want to ruin the surprise for you. Okay. But I'm going to state here as a, as a fact, if we are not given a name for Sophie, I'm just picking one. Okay. And it's, that's going to be her name. That's just, I'm just going to decide it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to apply to everyone. Okay. <laughs> I have no power to do that. But I'm deciding if we don't get given a name, I'm just going to pick one for her. Because that's ridiculous. No. <laughs> that was very sweet, though. That little scene with her and Nate. Like, it. I think, obviously, we've talked about a million times before. It's very clear, like, in the sort of dynamic of the crew, Nate and Sophie are the parent sort of... Yes. Yeah. You know. And it's blatantly obvious in this occasion where it's like the parents are getting the kids gifts for yeah. Christmas. Uh-huh. Like and I love that scene. I think it's so precious. Like it's just so wholesome and all of the gifts are perfect and they're also kind of like happy. And this is why I was so confused at the start when they're like, "Yeah, we're going to spend Christmas apart." I was like, "That doesn't make any fucking sense." And then I'm so glad we got this scene at the end because it just makes everything so much better. And also the thing is at the end of the day, you know 
that those gifts they already had. Because when would they have had fucking time to get those gifts? Yeah, no, exactly. Like, they've already pre-planned this. And also, these aren't gifts that they bought, as Sophie says. They're gifts they obtained. So, like, because everyone knows that gifts that are obtained are, like, way more meaningful than gifts that are bought. Genuinely. Genuinely. Like, because here's the thing. They didn't just walk into a store and purchase these. No, they walked into a store and took those. (laughs) But also, none of these things, you you couldn't walk into a store to no. get any of these things. So all of them required I mean, time and energy to actually... Except Parker. Parker, you could technically walk into a bank mm. or to an ATM. Although it was the serial numbers were... Non-sequential. sequential yeah. yeah. So you'd have to do it like a whole bunch of times. But yes, very cute. Very wholesome. I did love it. I love the part where Parker is like sitting there so expectantly and Nate's just kind of looking at her. And then Sophie's like, don't torture her. I'm like, oh, I love this. It's so fucking cute. And then it's the most dodgiest wrapped envelope you've ever seen. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck is, like, what are they giving her? And she's, it's like, my favorite consequence. And it's just a fucking bunch of cash. Yeah. I love it. And then she goes over to the table to start, like, sorting them by serial numbers, which is, and you've got Elliot, who's just the biggest fucking nerd. Destroying that chair. (laughs) But his, the, look on his face when he's like, this is a Hanzo sword. Like. Yeah. Like. He can't actually believe that it's, like, a genuine gift. Yeah. I think is the thing. Like, I think he's kind of expecting them to take the piss. Yeah. And then they give him something that's actually such a perfect gift. And he's kind of, like, touched, I think, Mm. you know? And then you just have Hardison on his prototype phone. Yeah. Love that for him. Also, I do love that Elliot notes specifically that he feels bad about taking out the guards and he left him a candy cane. (laughs) Which we have the scene where he's, like, choking the guard to make him pass out. And he just goes, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And he's just getting more and more aggressive with yeah. each Merry Christmas as he's waiting for this dude to get knocked out. It's just because he t- poorly timed his catchphrase. Yeah. He's like, if I just keep saying it at some point, it'll be the right moment yeah. to say it. Also, I can't remember who said it because I didn't write it down. But at some point, someone said Santa's coming to town. And I did think that was funny. <laughs> oh. And then we obviously have just the iconic line of Hardison where he goes, there's one thing that you didn't count on. Yeah. You forgot about the true spirit of Christmas. And the whole time Chaos is like, don't even fucking say it. Like, you fucking, it's like, Matt, you're the one who's been calling yourself the Grinch this entire fucking episode. Like. I know. Oh, it's funny. Actually, I did really like the line from uh, Dooley that we get where he's like, you know, he's like, oh, it really is the magic of Christmas. He's like, and a whole bunch of pills and morphine. I can't, I can't believe, believe you let me drive here. <laughs> oh, so fucking funny. I also love the note. Uh, the plan is to figure out the plan in the car. Yeah, obviously. Which, I, honestly, that's relatable. Iconic. Mm-hmm. Like, I love I love when it's like, oh, well, no, I don't have a fully formed plan right now. So we're going to, like, we're going to workshop this. Not but you. we need to be on our way. Not you picking me up from work at 10 p.m. and then us deciding we're just going to go to the beach. <laughs> oh, and we also have Hardison just absolutely roasting chaos with his whole, like, you know, I know he looks weak, pathetic, squirrely even. Yeah, absolutely destroying him. Actually, I wanted to make a note that I think that the kids in this episode, honestly, like, I feel kind of bad for them. Like, they witness Santa being arrested, and then new Santa is, like, kind of weird, and then the new Santa after that is, a, like, is a dick. Is weirder again. Like, yeah, and then, like... They get told they can't have the toy drive, so then they go home and then they get picked up at fucking Who too knows late, when? like uh, much later than they should be, to then be brought 
to the toy drive and then the Santas are confused that there are toys at the toy drive and then like it's just wild and then you have that one kid who's like weirdly obsessed with Elliot and is like we see the same kid like four or five times and every time Elliot's being more and more weird mm-hmm. and he's like at the end of the day he's like are you fucking nice or not like yeah I do like that at the end he gives him the like very covered toy like yeah the, something rubbery robbie rubbery robbie that's can't say one. that four times fast Rubbery, rubby, rubbery, rubby, rubbery, rubby, rubbery, rubby. Oh, she wasn't too bad. I think that was only three times. Rubbery, rubby. <laughs> I wasn't counting, if I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Beth can't count. <laughs> we already knew that. I don't have too much more left to say, but I will just say I do have a couple of lines that I just really quickly want to shout out because I, I love them dearly. Um, one is, I, are you saying you can't do it? To which uh, Hardison replies, when have I ever said that I can't do it? Um, that's in regards to he. I think the analogy he uses is it's like plugging a fire hose with a pebble. Yeah. Um, and we also get the line, pull up the beard, respect the suit. And then Parker is so vindicated. She's like, yes, Santa agrees with me. That's what matters, clearly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, I think it's so telling, though, that, like, of course Parker believes in Christmas. She's never been in a position with parental figures who would have told her that Santa isn't real. Mm. Like, or grow up with kids her age that are yeah. all kind of learning that at the same time sort of thing. Like, she, you know, she when she first blew up her foster parents' house and got out of that situation, like, she would have only been, like, 11. What a wild sentence. Based, based on the timeline we have, she would have only been, like, maybe 11 at that time. So it's like she got out of the foster system at 11. She then, you know, she was a getaway driver. She got caught boosting cars she went to juvie for a bit and then she basically got it taken in by archie and like obviously archie's not going to tell her that santa isn't real i was gonna say he's probably not going to mention santa he's probably not going to think to bring it up no like he probably just assumes that she knows already and just doesn't like and so now it's like yeah of course she has like this persistent belief that santa's real like obviously yeah i also feel like that parker believes in something that's just purely for like good Mm. like santa's purpose like i know that you know you tell kids like oh you gotta behave otherwise santa will bring you presents but like ultimately a santa is just this kind of figure who spreads joy and gives gifts to kids like you know there's not really a negative yeah like not in the modern interpretation no. of santa anyway like obviously if you go back like to tradition and stuff there's a lot more intense santa versions kidnapping of children and stuff like that yeah like Eating Krampus children and, and yeah. you know but that's 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 different. That's supernatural. This is leverage. <laughs> but yeah, I like the idea that Parker just kind of has this sort of faith in just this wholesome dude, I guess. Yeah. You know? Because I don't think that she believes in magic. Just Santa. Just Santa. Like, the idea of Santa, you know? And I think that's cute. Also, the fact that she just has all of the jewellery and diamonds and etc, etc, etc that she's stolen over the years and she keeps them almost exclusively to decorate christmas trees basically because like she's not doing anything else with them yeah it's not like she's wearing them regularly i think honestly that is such a move like can you imagine being parker and like having all of these fucking gems and necklaces and bracelets and shit that you've stolen and like having the audacity of just hanging them on your fucking christmas tree (laughs) like that's lunatic behavior (laughs) yeah but I do love it. Okay, lovely. I don't have anything really more to say about this episode. Like, no, it, neither do I. It, it's an episode. It's crack fic. Yeah, it's very fun. Yeah. I, I do enjoy it a lot. It's not, in my opinion, it's not the best episode of Leverage, but it is very fun. I always have a vibe watching it. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, 
There's a Weasley little dude here and I hate him. Mm-hmm. That's literally every episode of Leverage. <laughs> Good content. Um, difference is I have a certain amount of affection for Chaos because it's Will Wheaton. Like, let's face it, he's, he's a charming dude. And the fact that he makes Chaos so, like, hateable is yeah. very fun. Okay, but anyway, so that means we're up to the wrap-up section. So, how Beth? How Beth? How Beth? How Beth? Beth good. Oh. <laughs> Beth, how would you rate this episode of Leverage? I'm going to give it a ho job out of five. I'm going to give it a three. Yeah. Like, it's it's fine. That seems fair. It's like, it's, yeah. it's an episode. Like I said, it doesn't feel like... There's nothing glaringly wrong with it, but it's also not anything that's really like, oh my god, wow. It doesn't feel like... It feels like an extension of the actual show. Yeah. Like, it feels like a bonus episode. Mm. It's a holiday special. Like, essentially, it is a bonus episode. It's a holiday it, special. It's filler before we hit the heavy stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, like, it's fun. But I don't think... It's probably not one I'd be rushing to go back to mm. sort of thing. It definitely, to me, feels like crack fiction. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, fair and valid. So how do you think this one ties in into Finding Moreau? Look, I'm going to say it probably doesn't, just from the nature of the fact that yeah. it does feel so removed from the rest yeah. of the season. But And also, it has a whole bunch of the other hallmarks that we can normally spot when it isn't going to relate to Moro. Mm-hmm. Namely that they didn't seek out the Victim of the Week. Mm-hmm. The Victim of the Week found them, and we also know that the Victim of the Week only found them because Chaos gave him Nate's business card and specifically sent him to yeah. So, like... Yeah, exactly. Unless Moro is related to Chaos somehow, unless there's a connection there. I mean, which is possible, but I somehow, like, I doubt, because Chaos has been in prison up until now. Like, obviously he could have been out for a while, but, you know, it seems unlikely. Like, Chaos seems much more like a I work alone kind of person. I don't see him mixing up in big criminal organisations. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, when we first met Chaos, he was literally in a group of five and his plan was to literally... Deceive literally all of them. Deceive literally all of them and betray them to get the money. Like, yeah. Chaos is not the sort of character who necessarily plays well with others. That's one way to put it. But yeah, I don't think this one particularly ties in. I think it's essentially a standalone. Honestly, you don't even really need to understand anything about Leverage to watch this episode. The only thing that you kind of would be confused about is the fact that they know who Chaos is. But even that is like pretty easily like hand wavied away if you hadn't seen anything else. Like, And also they give you the relevant flashbacks. Exactly. About Chaos. So it's not really, yeah, it's really neither here nor there. Like if you know basically who the characters are, you know what's happening. Like it's fine. Okay, lovely. And so the next week's job is called The Big Bang Job. What do you think it's about? Okay. Unfortunately, when I hear The Big Bang, I think of The Big Bang Theory as in the television show, not the actual scientific theory. I somehow doubt that the next uh, Leverage episode is going to have anything to do with The Big Bang Theory, the TV show. So I'm going to assume it does have something to do with science, whether it is maybe a, like scientific discovery or if it's going to happen like within some kind of science facility or like but I like the big bang I mean mm. unless unless it's in like relevance to like an implosion like mm. like everything just like fully imploding because I think you said it's a two-part season finale so yeah. obviously this is going to be where they're actually coming up to the crux of taking down yeah. the road so it could very well be the irrelevant it could very well be a reference to the implosion of Moreau's network mm-hmm. kind of thing because, like, the Big Bang, like, you know, yeah. as we're all familiar with it, you know, was kind of, you know, the creation of the universe, sort of the, the implosion that created the universe. So I think that it very well could be that. But I also, like, 
don't really know. You know, it's not like the ho 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 job. It's not immediately obvious what it could be regarding. No, that's all good. All right, lovely. And then if you want to find us anywhere else, you can find us all over social media. All of the links will be in our link tree below. And if you want to talk to us about anything, you can literally talk to us about anything. But our suggested conversation topics include... How old were you when you stopped believing in Santa? If you believed in Santa or, you know, if you don't celebrate Christmas, Mm -hmm. what do you think about Santa? Yeah. If you were like Parker and you got to choose your like Christmas entrance music, what what music would you choose? Ooh, that's a good question. I think Santa Baby is funny. Yeah. But specifically the Michael Bublé version where he says Santa Pally and Santa Bunny. It's so dumb and it's so funny and I hate it. I think I would do Jingle Bell Rock, mm. but like the Mean Girls version. Oh my god, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Complete with thigh slapping. Yeah, 100%. Obviously. Love yeah. that. Okay. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us today. Have a lovely evening, afternoon, night, day, lunch, brunch, midnight, 2 a.m., breakfast, fucking midnight sack, 6 a.m., 5 a.m. Maybe you're getting up at like 3 a.m. to go to work and you're listening to us. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Maybe you're catching a flight. Have a safe trip. Hope to have you listen in again next week for The Big Bang Job. Bye. Bye. Am I anywhere close with my guest? Um.